Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the MetLife podcast series. My name's Noel Lord, and my guest today is an industry icon with over 30 years experience covering many senior positions across funds management and investment, as well as advice. She is known universally for her passion for delivering great outcomes for clients. In 2000, she established her own business, Wealth Advice, a holistic financial planning business. She is also the current chair of the FPA. It's a great pleasure to welcome today, Marissa Broom. Welcome, Marissa. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you come along. And Marissa, uh, it's interesting times in our industry at the moment. And I'd like to just sort of kick off with getting a little bit of a background about yourself and, and how you got into our industry. Well, as you know, when I uh, first left university, I worked on the other side of the equation. I worked in the funds management side. I did start um, as an economist, as a graduate, uh, as a on the trading floor. And then I moved into a BDM role at Macquarie with you. So we're going back a few years there. But um, to be honest with you, when I was even still at school and Westpac first set up their personal investment centres, I actually always had a real interest in financial planning in actually that direct face-to-face contact with clients. Um, and when my youngest child was six months old, I set up my first financial planning business and he's now 23, so a few years ago now. Yeah, wow. How time flies, eh? 23, still at home, and I'm still supporting him, but let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Marissa, the wealth advice business, 23 years on, it's gone through a whole range of change, no doubt. Tell us a little bit about your business focus and the clients that you look after and whether or not you actually work with a referral source. So we are um, quite bespoke. So we have quite a small client base. Um, we offer really personalised, tailored uh, strategic advice, holistic strategic advice for our clients. We're not investment advisors. We're not, um, you know, risk specialists. We are financial planners in every sense of the word. So we do multiple generation um, advice to whole families to sort of, in a, in a quasi, I don't like to say a family office, but in a quasi family office way in that we look at uh, how money is created, how money is inherited, how money is protected. And that's a real focus for us. Yeah, so from what you're saying, it's a, it's a really defined value proposition that you have honed over a number of years. You clearly articulate that well to your clients. And on the back of that, they have a full understanding of what they're going to get in their relationship with Wealth Advice. Exactly right. And we have from day one been a fee-for-service business and a pure fee-for-service business. So that makes us quite unusual. Um And I know that sometimes um, changes my perspective on how other practices should run, but it certainly worked well for our practice over that time because of the sorts of clients we have. Great. And so, you know, we know right now we're in uncharted waters for our industry and a lot of people are facing significant change in their business. How have you adjusted your business to adapt to the current situation? Look, I'm quite, again, quite fortunate in that I had some qualifications, so I needed to do a little less than a lot of other people have had to to meet the FASEA um, educational requirements. I haven't done that yet. I still need to do the ethics course. Um, I was kind of thinking in lockdown that maybe I'd have a bit more time to do that, but actually my working day has not changed. I'm just not travelling as much. Um, So there hasn't been any spare time in lockdown to get that done. I have done the exam. Um, I did get very anxious about that. I walked out of that exam completely convinced that I had failed. 
Um, I didn't. I got through, thank goodness. But it is um, it challenges you in terms of comprehension, not necessarily in terms of um, learnings. I felt personally because I am quite close to the policy areas that are in place at the moment. Um, but my business itself hasn't had to do a lot of changing. But that's because we've had a, a workplace that's been very flexible for a long time. We've had a very clear um, clientele that we wanted to work with and we've actually said no to clients. So we've, we've been quite lucky that we haven't had to go through the same level of transition as some other people. Yeah, and how, and how are you dealing with the, the client's reaction to COVID-19 and the changes that they're seeing not only in your life but also in the economy and things like that? What's the sort of reaction been from your clients? So um, I'm not saying I'm a guru, but we had been holding a fair amount of cash in most of our clients' portfolios for a while. So, in fact, when the markets did crash and burn, uh, the biggest question, the most common question I got was, can we buy it, can we buy it, can we buy it? And I keep saying no. And, in fact, I'm still saying that. I'm still not sure we're through the worst of our economy. I felt that our market needed to do some sort of correction anyway. I thought global markets were overpriced, uh, and that is with my investment advisor hat on. I'm not a guru, as I said, but we just thought it was um, the right decision to make for our clients, um, and it's proven to be the right thing. I think we'll see asset values um, be far lower for a lot longer, and I think we've got a lot of pain to wear out in the economy. So um, I'm quite happy that they're keen to get back in the market and they're keen to stay the course. I've only got one client that that's marginally panicking and that's because she simply wants to go out and retire in the next 12 months. And we've said to her, well, you can still do that, but we need to actually think about what income you'll draw in retirement and those sorts of decisions. But I think that that nervousness would be there just simply because she's about to retire, not actually because of markets itself. Yeah, so, you know, there's different things that are very challenging for clients in in certain circumstances and retirement's clearly one of those. What advice would you give to your advice colleagues across the country in dealing with not only the foresee changes, but the change in the way we're interacting as a society because of COVID-19? I think our biggest, the biggest role I play in the lives of my clients is a sounding board for them. They know I'm in their corner. They know I'm an advocate for them. Um, yes, I offer a whole lot of technical expertise, but it's all about the relationship to start with. And I think that today or now is the time to actually make sure that everyone is okay. Um, I must admit, one thing that I had noticed is I thought I was doing okay. We've, we've had some family issues. My dad's been unwell. I've had a business to keep running. We've had some issues about getting the FBA working from home, which they're doing very effectively. We've been really member-focused on all of that. Um, and I thought I was doing okay. And it wasn't until our lockdown kind of eased a little bit and I went to catch up with some friends that I realised that possibly I wasn't doing okay. So I think there's two areas um, in answer to your question is that make sure your clients are okay in terms of the relationship you have with them, that they're doing okay, not just on the money things, but you can talk to them about all those other issues and also make sure you're okay. I think we look after our practices, we look after our um, clients, we look after our families and sometimes financial planners are not very good at looking after themselves. So I'd really recommend that you go out and make sure you're doing okay and and finding some ways to re-energise yourself so you can keep giving. Yeah, I think you raised a really valid point there, Marissa, that, you know, the, the mental aspect of what we do where you focus so much on clients and you're always looking after others, you've got to be able to take a step back and, and, and have that self-assessment on how you're handling the situation yourself. Because if you're not handling it well, then you can't be handling it well for your clients. And reaching out to friends and colleagues and family and, uh, is a really important piece of what we need to do across our industry right now. 
I agree. I mean, it's a service that we have in the FPA. We have FPA wellbeing. It's a service that I knew we needed to introduce a year ago when we looked at the pressure our members were under. Uh, it's a service I don't really want to have to deliver, but I know that I'm really pleased that we can deliver it, we can afford to deliver it, and that is just simply an independent service where people, if they need help, can go and get help. That's really important. Yeah, great. So, Marissa, talk me through where are you going to focus your business over the next 30, 60, 90 days in between everything else you do with the FBA and everything in your career? I just want to keep those touch points in place with all my clients and in a little bit more of an ad hoc um, arrangement. So not necessarily uh, following the, you know, regular quarterly reviews or whatever we do, but just simply touching base and saying, you know, the government's now announced this, you now, you live in Victoria, this means X, or you live in New South Wales, this means Y. Um, I've been doing a little bit of helping a couple of my business clients um, work out whether they're eligible for JobKeeper and those sorts of things. So just to follow up about um, whether that's being delivered for them or not working very closely with their accountants and making sure that they can get all the benefits that are available. One of my clients is able to access super, but that's simply not piece of advice I'd want to give anyway. We would do it if they had to. It's a last resort. Um, so I guess it, it's just about communication and knowing that they're there. Um, because we are fee-for-service um, and we actually invoice quarterly in arrears, I don't want to be thinking that they, they think I'm going to be charging them all for these extra touch points. So that's why they're a little bit more ad hoc and a little bit more warm and fuzzy than more technical res- responses to them. Yeah, and how have you found your clients' morale work, you know, in, the, in lockdown? Um, I've only got a couple that I'm worried about, and that's because they do live by themselves and they aren't working, and I was a little bit concerned that they weren't um, in, you know, able to be in communication with a lot of people. Um, both of them now Zoom me when they really want to go through something, um, so that's not such a, a big issue. On the whole, I think they're doing okay. It's great. And I think a lot of that is the regular contact they have, no doubt, with you um, and that empathy that you show your clients through your communication is no doubt the key to the connection that they they have with your business, but you personally. Well, it is with me personally because they know I'm the main advisor in the business, but I have a, a team. And, in fact, some of my clients have a better rapport with some of my team than they do with me. And because some of the contact is not actually about their wealth, but more about their health, um, then the whole team is involved in that regular communication just to touch base, making sure people need, you know, have what they need um, and have access to what they need. And so if you had your time again, is there anything that you'd do differently? Oh, look, I, I set my business up and it grew quite rapidly. Um, I worked out I was running a business and I wasn't being a financial planner and that's actually where my calling is. I'm passionate about being a financial planner. So I probably would have kept the business small at the very beginning rather than getting letting it get as big as it was. Um, some days I do wonder whether it should have actually continued to be quite large. But again, um, even recently when someone wanted to buy my practice again, I worked out that I actually love giving advice. I love seeing my clients. I love having that eyeball to eyeball. So I'm really content the way it is. Um, I'd love more time to be able to devote back to our profession. I think that um, my role in the FPA is um, just igniting more and more passion about ways that I can help other people. So when my term as the chair ends and I leave the board, I still fully intend to be involved and mentor as many people as I can. Um, We are a profession and it is a calling. So if I can help ignite that passion in some people so they can continue on giving great advice, I think that's probably where my next steps will be. Right, and I, I think you know, there's a couple of really valid points that there that we are a profession, whether it be in the advice space, in the in the insurance risk space, 
and we touch clients in um, a number of ways to help them navigate their way through not only um, how they are going to prepare for retirement, but how they protect themselves and the assets that they grow along the way is, is a vital part of what we do. And it's very Absolutely clear. Absolutely critical. We don't look at that enough. We don't, you know, we, we're often seen as a profession that is a retirement focus or pre-retirement profession. I disagree. And because I do multiple generation advice and a lot of my really wealthy clients now came to me when they were quite young and first starting out, it was actually all about asset protection at that stage. Um, and I don't understand how anyone can actually give advice without understanding how to protect the asset on the way through, structure the asset properly and then build wealth going on from there. It's a foundation. Yeah, and, you know, I think the one of the uh, biggest challenges in these, in these changing times that we have is maintaining focus and, to your point before, taking a little bit of personal time out to just say, you know, reflect on am I okay? And so from that sort of perspective, I think that, the FPA is doing some wonderful things, um, and and as are other parts of our industry, the industry body is coming together for their members. is It's great to see at this point in time, and no doubt you've had some communication into Canberra as well. Yeah, we've had a fair amount of communication. Is that we even had a webinar with the minister last week for our members. Um, I, I'm really proud of the work, and I'll really give a big shout out to Dante De Glory, who is the FPA CEO, because he was the person that actually got all of the associations to work together. They now very much cooperate together. But I really um, give great credit to Dante because he knew that the only way we could really make an impact with regulators and legislators was to have that, um, you know, one message, many voices type approach. Right. So, Marissa, it's been great to sit down and have a chat today and, and to somewhat reminisce over 30 years' experience and your contribution to our industry has been immense. And I'm sure moving forward you can sense from your conversation the passion is is still there and running through your veins for what you want to do with clients. And MetLife is exactly the same. We're very passionate about making a difference in our industry and helping advisors through as they transition through uncharted waters. So we really do appreciate you taking the time today to spend a little bit with us and uh, to get your insights on what you're doing in your business and a little bit around what the FBA is doing. It's been great to have a chat and we really appreciate your time. That's been wonderful, Noel. Look forward to catching up with you in person. Yeah, that'll be nice. All right. Cheers, Marissa. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the MetLife Podcast. To find out how you can partner with us, please visit metlife.com.au. This podcast has been prepared by MetLife Insurance Limited and intended for advisor and internal use only and should not be provided to clients or attributed to MetLife in any advice provided. This material is intended to provide general information only and has been prepared without taking into account any particular person's objectives, financial situation or needs. Any general information contained within or given during this podcast is not intended to be investment or financial advice, nor a recommendation to invest in a financial product or undertake any particular strategy or course. In accessing this podcast, you agree to MetLife's podcast disclaimer terms found at metlife.com.au.